How you feeling, bud? Are we? We're just blowing through nap time here, aren't we? Uh, well, I just figure you know we're coming off a little vacation. Well, you're coming off a vacation, so we're we're nice, we're I, relaxed, we're chill, we're somber. Well, you know, as might might lead into this, you know, it, it's sort of a vacation, sort of a family trip. Those are not necessarily <laughs> the, the Venn diagram of those two things is not a hundred percent overlapping. Yeah, that middle bit's smaller than you think. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, which, you know, just jumping right into it, I'm just telling you, JT, not all of my movies today are strictly about vacations. Well, I would say that I cannot think of a better birthday present for one of my favorite people, Jeremy. Happy birthday than letting you oh. break, break our rules as you always do. <laughs> for the first time in the history of the Lo-Fi Top 5, I will break some of the rules. You know... I, I was looking at it and, and there was basically I came to this idea where it's like, if there's a road trip, it counts is sort of where I get. To. I am, I'm, I'm comfy with that. That's fine. Because there's some things that like, they're not really about the vacation, but the road trip sort of takes precedence or, or some other fun interpretations I have. And I actually ended up with this. There's some very silly ideas I had near the end of my list here that I've, that I've since left out. But but I'm ready for, for top five vacation slash family trip slash road trip slash other interpretations I may make as I need for the course of this episode. Listen, I, I think that's perfect. Uh, Jeremy knows particularly because he was watching me. I mean, my list came together quite literally this morning. So it's it's very possible that I'm missing all sorts of stuff. But even in the short period of time that I had, I have taken some liberties myself. But let's, without further ado, let's get straight into it. So we'll start with our Shawshank, our very first episode ever. We decided the Shawshank's the most rewatchable movie of all time, because it is. And now if there's a category definer, we use that as sort of a little, little name for it. I think it's your turn this week. No, no, it's your turn this week. Yeah, I that checked. tracks. That tracks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got the notes, buddy. I have detailed files. I believe that. All right. So I do have one, actually. Do you now? I do. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, July 29th, 1983. I'm assuming this is National Lampoon's vacation. Yeah, I'm basically just using this as a catch-all for all the vacations because none of the movies individually I actually love, but there's a part or multiple parts in every one of the movies, the vacation series that I like. Like even the third one in Vegas, there's actually like Ethan Embry's performance in that I actually thought was so much fun as Nick Papa Giorgio. Like there's lots of little stuff that I like. And I do think right. it's sort of like it. It if you think of like a vacation movie, if you were to Google it, I, I assume it's just all the vacation movies. And so to me, it feels like, yeah, that's just sort of, that's the one that comes to mind that everybody will start with. And I don't feel the need to talk about them. I think that's fair. So I, I had this weird note I wrote to myself, which is a JT is going to Shawshank vacation because we should Shawshank vacation because it is a called vacation. And two, you know, the most like the moment you say movies about vacation, even if you haven't seen it, you're probably like, I think there's that movie called Vacation, isn't there? Right. But, but, and for a brief moment, I do want to talk about this movie. Oh, okay. This is my little sneaky, sneaky move here. So I rewatched it like four or five months ago with the kids. They hadn't seen it before. It does not hold up as a movie. 
I have deep nostalgia for it. So I want to be clear to my, my fellow Gen X friends. This is a movie that has a very, very important place in my, I mean, and Chevy Chase is huge for me and the gags made me laugh again, but I was also watching it through new eyes and it's very slow. There's only a few gags here and there. Like there's, and there's not really a ton of them. And also the way we watch movies now, like you realize like Clark's not a great guy (laughs) at all, (laughs) at all. And so my kids actually said to me, they're like, is, is he the good guy at one point? Nice. You know? And I was like, Oh yeah. If if this was not a movie you hadn't watched 40 times on basic cable because of the eighties, then what is this movie? Yeah. And yeah. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it with those nostalgia lenses, but I'm also able to look at it again. And be like, yeah, there's a reason it's got like, I think it's like a five, seven on IMDb or something. It's, it's, it, and I think that's, that's probably true for a lot of people in my generation is that we love this movie, but don't go back to it. Would be my tip. If you haven't seen it since your childhood, don't go back to it. Yeah, that tracks. I, I would actually say that pre- basically all of those vacation movies, actually most of the Lampoon stuff in general, uh, including the Christmas one, I would say is like a keep it right where it is, right? In your head, you liked it, yeah. and just leave it there forever. Oh, we tried watching Christmas Vacation in December. I knew I didn't. I had not liked it the first time I saw it. Yeah. But I didn't realize how bad. Even the scene which I thought was the best, which is him like not getting the lights on and the wife unplugging and replugging. Yeah. My memory of that was far funnier than the actual yeah. rewatch of it. Yep, yeah. Totally fair. All right. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad I brought it up at least because it's not, it wouldn't be anywhere else in my list, but I do think from a universal standpoint, it would just be like, yeah, sure. That's probably the one. Yeah. Well done. All right. So do you, do you have one? You don't have one. Nope. I don't. I, okay. I couldn't come up with something else that I felt was, the canonical because it is like it deserves the honor of being the canonical vacation movie but i also can't put it up there as like this it's so great anymore yeah it's not great it's just it's it's the thing though um okay so i'm gonna let you dictate my list here a little bit i have three two we'll say two three i think i have three i have three that i feel like are truly on brand for the the title of this episode and then I have okay. two where I think I have taken a some liberty. Do you want me to start with the two weird ones or start with the actually on brand ones? It, well, now I'm doing that same consideration with my list right now. So of mine, four are technically technically vacation movies, but the plot isn't, you know. So let's start with a legit one and then we'll migrate our way down to goofiness as we go. Okay, so I'm going to start with the one that I think for my generation would be the best actual vacation movie. So, all right, so starting with the five words now, from now on, not remembering Palin football movie. Disremembering Abraham's wife, federal officer. (laughs) Yeah, so for my generation, this is forgetting Sarah Marshall if you're not picking up on the five words. I put that in my top five as well. We will share this pick, my friend. Yeah, I mean, this is it, right? Like, especially, I, I think this transcends generation stuff for sure. But like for my, like this movie is a highly quotable, watched a billion times, introduction of lots of people who are now mainstays in our world. Like, this is the movie. I love this movie. It's so goofy. It's just like one of those films, I think, where 
it's like it's silly, but like it's also really, really, really well done. It's perfectly executed. It's one of those like perfectly executed comedies that I just think is like I don't know. I couldn't think higher of this movie. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's well said. I actually went into this one. This is in that you know late two thousands batch of of Apatow era comedies, and this is one of those ones I went into it like this doesn't look like it's going to be good. I think I find Russell Brand very hit or miss. I think he's he's a hysterical person, but I think he's misused in movies a lot. Yeah, I agree. And 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 Jason, you know, I wasn't a How I Met Your Mother guy, so Jason Siegel wasn't. Wait, was that his show or was he seventies show? No, you're his? right. That's right. Okay. So he was also not a big thing for me. And then I saw I Love You, Man, which is my favorite of all of those movies. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, all right, now I'm going to go see the Sarah Marshall thing. Really went in with terribly low expectations. I was like, it's going to be sort of a dumb rom-com with maybe two or three funny bits. And was blown away. Like, it's a good story. It's a great use of that awkward humor, but not too much awkward humor, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think that's perfectly stated because even like the Jack McBriar and the Jonah Hill parts are not overdone, right? They're perfectly right. executed and then slowly walked away from. But the star for this movie to me is Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis in this movie yeah. is so good. Like this is my favorite version of her because she is smart and sharp and quick-witted and like punchy and like she's just so cool in this movie. She's so cool and it's great. It's funny you say that because I, I have a similar thing, which is that every time I see Mila Kunis, I want her like this. Where, right. what, per your point, like she's she's savvy. She's not she's not like a, she's not like a dumb cute girl, right? She's nope. a smart cute girl, right? And she's she sort of knows herself, and she's got her own little arc and her journey, and she's got her baggage, and she's got her talents. And she's got like she's a real person. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good pick. I I, I really enjoy it here. I also find it's. It's a fun, um, it's that fun version of like, there's no real idiot plot things where people are doing stupid stuff, but there's also fun use of coincidence. I think, I think coincidence as a plot point can be taken in the wrong way and overused negatively. I think here it's sort of all of the best parts of of it. Yeah. I think that's actually really well said. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I love this movie. And also highly rewatchable. This is like a really good, once you get past some of the, language stuff like this is a like teenager movie that i would be like watching all the time and think it's probably worth watching because there's also like good there's some nice gentle moments in it too which are actually really sweet yeah it's very that's the thing it's hidden it deep down it is actually just a sweet rom-com deep yep. deep down it's a pretty woman or, or a harry Metal or any of these it's just layered on as if it's a apatow shtick yeah hot tub time machine silliness yeah. And it's not really that either, which is to its to its benefit, right? Yeah. The 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 basically the play between Brand and Siegel is so brilliant in this. It's it's so good. It's like even just like when he's picking on his tattoos, there's all there's all these like really small moments in there that those two execute so well because they are almost comically the like on the swing end of really cool, really not cool. Like they're they're perfectly situated right. in that. And they're both, yeah, it's great. I really love this movie. I kind of want to watch it right now, actually. Anyway. Yeah, it's movie. funny you said that. I'm, I'm wondering, like, is this, it's been a couple of years. I've probably rewatched this. This and I Love You, Man are probably the two I have rewatched the most of that era with, I guess, Anchorman and Dodgeball is kind of my third and fourth. But 
But some of the ones that at the time I really loved, like 40-Year-Old Virgin, This Is 40, all those kind of ones, I haven't rewatched as much. This one I definitely have. So 40-Year-Old Virgin is an interesting one because a lot of that humor in today's culture does not hold up. I'm sure. Like in a really bad way. This one, in my memory of it, because I've seen it like within the last year or two, for the most part was still pretty good. Like they, there was no real sort of like, moments, whereas basically all of 40-Year-Old Virgin is a lot of that is like, oh boy, none of this is great. None of this is great. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. My turn again, right? Yep. All right. I'm going to go. So we're staying. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in the, this is actually a vacation sort of sure. deal. I will do the same. So starting with the five words, interest regarding Robert. Interest regarding about what about Bob? Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Before you go, I'm going to say one thing. I saw this movie when it came out, possibly opening night, like within like this was a Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus at the height of when Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus were in 80s pop culture time kind yep. of thing. And I disliked it very, very much. I have not seen it since. So this could have just been I was in a bad mood and it's really great. I My instincts could be exactly right and it's not very good. I have no idea. But I only have fleeting memories of little moments of this movie, to be really honest. So I'm going to, you know, so that that's my setup for you as you go into your shtick, buddy. I am genuinely stunned right now. I'm not surprised because I know other people who like this movie a lot. And for some reason, it's a Jeremy did not like Wow. Okay, so here's the thing. The reason I love this movie, now 91, came out in 91. I saw this movie when I was young because it's basically, I don't remember what it's rated, but like it's not, a, there's no like gratuitous stuff in this, right? But this was kind of like my introduction to Bill Murray. Like more mm. so than Ghostbusters. Like this was like, oh, Bill Murray as a just straight up slapstick out of this world comic because okay. he is a caricature of a person in this movie, but like in a way that only Bill Murray can kind of pull off. Very few people can do that. What year was it? I know you have the notes. What year was it? 91. 89? 91. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Dreyfus on the other side plays the stick up his backside like very few people can, right? Rigid and like the idea of like being on vacation, being in your safe space, and then all of a sudden just being bombarded by this guy who has lots of issues that you're supposed to be helping, but then he heals your family. I mean, it's not like a particularly interesting story to tell, but just the two of them are so turned to 10 of what they were capable of in that time period. Like my memory of this movie is goofy, silly, hilarious. And I absolutely loved it as a kid. And I loved it as a teenager and like the whole scene with the him like mm, at dinner is still like a shtick in my family to this day. Also, Charlie Cosmo's in it, and he is in Can't Hardly Wait. But I love Charlie Cosmo. <laughs> you know, as you start talking about it, because I was trying to think to myself, like, what was it? All I really remember is like it's a therapist and his and his patient, like sort of you know harassing, like like needs of turn. I, was it that Bill Murray views him as a friend and tries to hang out with him on his vacation? Is that the basic thing? It's not so much a friend as much as like he's having an episode and needs his therapist and he finds he him needs and, then, therapist. and then everybody in the world falls in love with Bob 
except the therapist who literally went on vacation to get away from this. And so it's just, you know, 19, early 90s, late 80s, hilarity ensues. Yeah, and I think for me, it was a... I don't. I don't usually love. I, I, this is probably the trope for me of just to just to call it a trope. Probably the trope for me. I'm just going to keep saying that word of <laughs> of characters. I I tend to that tend to turn me off in movies, which is the 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 caricature nature of him was probably just pushed my button and like nah, he's annoying me too. Like I think I was probably on Team Dreyfus, you know. Yeah, and that's actually why I love this movie, though, is I think a lot of people are, and you still get to just enjoy Bill Bill Murray being silly. I would be. This is one of those ones where, like, I would be interested to have you watch it just to see, like, if it if it if it grips you back at all. And then I would also I should go back and watch it again because I'd be interested to see how much of it is still chill. But I loved it as a kid, man. I loved this movie all the way up until like ten, eleven, twelve. Like this was like a really good me and my mom. Let's watch a movie together. What about Bob? Wow. All right. That's fun. I, I will consider giving it another shot. I got a lot right. of the queue right now. The queue's, the queue's pretty well backed up. Um, I, mostly thanks to you. By the way, I did watch uh, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, I, I'm going to actually, I want to go back and listen to you talking about it in one of those, one of the, I think you brought it up twice now. I got to go find those and, and give it another listen because I enjoyed it. And it definitely was, as, as I recall, like I just missed it at the time. So. I don't know about I don't know if what about Bob gets in the list, but we'll check it out. But I will go on to another movie in a similar time frame as will be a little little clue. And here you have Urban Dwellers with British Rain Boots. Urban Dwellers with British Rain Boots. Oh, is this City Slickers? Yes. Oh, we're sharing this. This is in my top five. Nice. Also 91, it turns out. Also 91, yeah. So this is, uh, you know, this is, again, my... Uh, it's the Denzel winning the Academy Award for Training Day instead of Hurricane. I missed... I don't remember when I missed City Slickers with you, but there was there was one I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so this time it came on the list very quickly. <laughs> what a lovely movie. I mean, it's definitely one of Billy Crystal's top performances. It, the whole cast is perfect from Daniel Stern to Josh Mostel to Jack Palance. Like they're all absolutely great at what, what they do in the movie. It's the perfect, like you've got conflict, but at no point is it too conflicty. You know, yep. you're not worried. He's going to like, he's not going to lose an arm in the Canyon or something like that. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and I like that it's also, you know, a personal journey and, and there, there is an arc, you know, a lot of comedies, there, there are a lot of versions of this movie that there'd be no arc. It would just be, you know, the hapless, like, I'm sure there's a script out there that's hapless urbanite, you know, is, is confounded by cows and, and, and <laughs> dirt and stuff. Right. So, and, and that's, I think why this movie's so good is because they don't take the easy route through it. Yeah. I, so I'm tempted to not share this with you and just go into something that's more my generation. Cause I had another one where I was kind of like stuck between two. Uh, but I think I actually want to keep this one in. I loved this movie, man. Like this movie does hold up for me. I've seen this in the past, like couple of years. Like this was like peak Billy Crystal for me. Like he was so sharp and so fast and so funny. And 
Yeah, I just like my memories of this movie are so pot. Like I just love every time I've watched it, even the little parts. I even didn't mind the sequel with with Love It's like there's it, it's like it's silly, but it's so good. Like there's the second it, yeah. it takes a little too far, but this one was so well done and it's just great. I, I actually really like this movie a lot, like a lot. It, it's back in that list of like nice movies. There's, there's also, I was thinking a bit about our uh, 90s cultural impact. There was a long time where people did, hello. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's you still sort of do. If you're going to name a cow, you're probably going to name it Norman. Norman, you know? for sure. Yep, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If a dog is Spot or Fido or Max, then a cow is 100% Norman. Absolutely has to be. That's so funny. That's so funny. I, yeah, man, this is just one of those, like, it's a good time movie. Like, yeah. and, and they don't make them like this anymore to a certain extent. Like, I feel like there's too much, there's too much pressure to do other things and make it bigger or, or cleverer or whatever. This is just a good time movie. This movie was a good time. It feels like it was a good time to shoot. It's a great time to watch and you're good. It's like, it's over. You're like, that was great. And then you move on with your life. <laughs> totally agree. It's funny the way you just said that, like the, the, the filmmakers try to do too much. We were just talking because you, you've watched Last Duel. I just started watching it. It was interesting because there's a scene very early on where Matt Damon marries the, uh, I don't remember the, the character's name, but the, the young woman. And they're clearly going off to have their first night together. Most modern movies, you would then go see most of that night. That's how they would roll. And this one, they're just sort of like, they just look at each other and the scene fades to the next thing. And I was like, oh, this is what happens when Ridley Scott tells a story these days. We don't have to see a graphical sex encounter to right. be able to imagine whatever they were doing. Like, you don't need to show it. But at the same time, in the very next battle scene, you see someone's face being, like, bloodied to hell with the guy hitting him with, like, an iron fist or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't need that either, Ridley. But, you know, I, I like what you're saying. is like, this is back in that era where you didn't have to do everything to make a movie work. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's really well said. And keep watching that because there's more. Ridley's got surprises for you. <laughs> Um, I, I've heard. I'm sure. I'm sure it's coming. But you know, I, I, I you know, for anyone in Hollywood who's listening, can you just make stuff that we can sit in the same room with our children and watch and not cringe ourselves the entire time? Just yeah, the, the like, answer is yes. You can still do it's, it. It's, it's called Pixar. Everything else is off limits. That's right. That's right. Literally everything else like, is off limits. I remember my dad used to watch um, what was the one before NYPD Blue uh, Hill Street Blues Hill Street in the Blues? 80s. Yeah, that was just all like whatever night that was on must see TV night that was always on and I would sort of come in and sort of watch a bit and didn't really care and and now I realize that there's not a single drama I can watch and if my kids came in the room I wouldn't be like yeah yeah no get out yeah no basically every every movie and television show that I can think of that's not geared particularly towards children is 13 and up at the minimum minimum and even there it's like stretchy dicey dicey yeah 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 all right let's go back to our vacation yeah what you got? back to you no you get to go we're sure oh all right uh well i'm gonna stay in in definition for one more uh well this is a little okay no this one this one i'm veering out this is less vacationy a bit more road trippy okay, okay. hand-powered characters in film Cranks. Mm, hand, I see. No. Hand powered characters in film. hand 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 powered furries in film. 
furries, puppets, Muppets take Manhattan. In film. Muppets. Not in the Big Apple. Space. That's just the Muppet movie. Oh, the Muppet movie. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the Muppet movie is a big, big, long road trip, you know? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole movie is a road trip. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It didn't, it just didn't dawn on me whatsoever, but that's great. (laughs) Right. Bear right. Frog left. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. (laughs) Such a good, it's such a good joke. I love this movie. It's, if I watch it and I have a couple of times with the kids, the, uh, the last, the, the, when rainbow connection comes on, you know, it's probably the sun going through the tear coming out of my eye to project the rainbow onto the screen. That's what yep. I assume is happening. Has to be. It's so nice. Again, people are probably sick of hearing me say things are nice, but I think there's value in it. I think there's value in being able to watch a movie and you don't have to be moved by everything. You don't have to be profoundly impacted. You can just see a nice story about things happening. And there's just the right amount of misadventure. And from a kid's perspective, there's the right amount of threats and danger without, again, you're not about to send all of the Muppets into the shredder or something. It's just, right. it's just handled it's just handled really well. And all of the cameos, I mean, this movie, like, I, I, I think the list of cameos would take their entire rest of the episode to get through. Yeah, it's but they're done so nicely. Again, it's just what, it's, it's all these people of that era. It's all the late 70s. And it is part of the end of that era. It is, it is the end of your Hollywood squares and all of those kind of things and the passing of the torch into 80s style, both kids and family and comedies. So Muppet movie, road trip to save some frog legs. That's my pick. It's a great pick. I love it. I stand behind it. Well done. I, I'll tell you this as a kid, the actor Austin Pendleton, he was the, he's the bad guy in this movie. Yeah. He is forever to me a bad guy, even though almost every other movie he's in, he's just a hapless nice guy. Right. Between this, uh, him and Charles Durning are burned in my brain as bad guys. Bad guys. Bad guys. That's great. I I love that. (laughs) There could could be some movie where the two of them save the world, you know, and I would still be like, oh, they're the bad guys. They have to be. They're bad guys. I love that. It's such, it is such a beautiful film and movie and then again they just don't don't do that anymore but you know waka waka all right uh my next one you're gonna i think you'll get immediately from the five we are starting to diverge from the what we're supposed to be talking about thing uh arachnid adolescent gps broken spider teen lost spider oh spider-man no way home yeah Yep. <laughs> so. Ah, that's great. <laughs> I like that clue. That's very fun. I like that one a lot too. They're not home. That's that they're on. He's abroad. It's a whole thing. They're on vacation. It's, a, it's, I mean, I feel like this is right. And I could talk about this movie over and over and over again forever. Is this no way home or is this far from home? No, no way home. Okay. Okay. So this is the most recent one. Yeah, December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Right. Okay. Yeah, because remember they're right. like over, they're like overseas and they're doing the whole thing. Like that's why I was able to sneak this one in because they're actually. Mm, no, that's the other one. Is Far it? from home, they're in Italy. They fighting drones, in Italy. and oh, then goes my... to London. Oh no! Did I get these? Did I, yeah, I did mix this up. For some reason, those two yeah. titles. Yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. It, it's it works either way. 
<laughs> Which one do you want to talk about, though? Because the, the most recent one I know we both love a lot. Well, the most recent one I adore, and it, it's my favorite of all of the Spider-Mans, I think, probably. Um, as, it, as it should be. Yeah, for, for, for very good reason. But it's also still new enough that I don't want to necessarily talk about it a ton. Because Fair. it's still like, that's still a thing. Whereas our, our our Jake Gyllenhaal friend one, I think, is, is more fair to talk about. Listen, either way, I just wanted to sneak either one of these two movies in. I Like, it didn't matter which one because it, it, I was just happy to talk about – because I actually love the Gyllenhaal one. Like, I really do like Far From Home. Like, I actually like that quite a bit. And specifically now knowing what happens with No Way Home, I like it even more, which right. is rare for me in a lot of the – sort of superhero movies like very often like the they'll do something and then they try to reference it and do something cool with it in the next one and i'm like ah oh, it sucked whereas this time i was like nice <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. yeah you like really actually did weave this story together and it was really thoughtful and intentional which other than iron man i don't think any of them have really succeeded with and iron man even took a hard sharp turn towards the end of we're really pulling on some threads here Interesting. I, well, I, I have to agree because especially I think Iron Man 3 is, is, is the Iron Man 3 is sort of the last Jedi of the MCU where it's like they start taking a story somewhere and then the ne very next movie you have to be like, yeah, yeah, no, we're going to forget that all of those things happened because right. yep. nothing works anymore. Right. That would My be biggest right. problem with uh, Far From Home is a it's a good movie who suffers from, I, in my opinion, two big problems. One is a poor, and I watched it again recently to see if I was right or wrong about this, a very poor setup for a, you have this quote world of ending events and you don't actually call all the other Avengers. Like, like if you're going to, you, once you set up this, this universe, then you have to like localize your problems. And that's part of what's great about no way home is that actually the problems end up becoming huge. But by the time they do, there's no time to call everybody and be like, right. yo, yo Thor just solve this for us or right. Yeah. You know, so, so a, I think that's the first problem with far from home. And the second problem is the, just the drone tech thing. It's a clever idea that just fundamentally doesn't work. Like you don't have to know much about drones and LIDAR tech to know that it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that's the, that, my big complaint. I didn't think of the first one, but I think you're, you're like, well, yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right. But that's also a thing with all of these movies because like, all the Avengers stuff. Basically, because Captain Marvel exists, I just assume that no one's going to help except the person in the title. Like, just because otherwise, none of these problems would be problems. Hard stop. So I kind of, like, release that. My, my take on that is this, is that uh, agreed and if the event that is coming is happening so fast that there's not enough time to page Captain Marvel, because she's not a teleporter, she's still still, like, fly super fast and and she right. does fly super fast but she doesn't just if she's another galaxy it's going right. to take a, few, a hot minute to get to show up kind of thing sure sure right so if something's happening you find out that the world's about to explode in an hour i can get that the, you don't have that the other avengers don't show up in time but in this one they've got like three days right yeah right only one and only one additional person needed to show up to probably make this not a problem Exactly. So I think the, the biggest change, if I were to just redo Far From Home, it would be that those elementalists or whatever the things were at the beginning weren't actually so huge that they worried about the world ending. It was just more like these monsters are here and they're causing problems and Spidey, you're available and all the other Avengers are on missions that are not bigger than this. And then you're then you're done. You've got the, the, it works, yep. you know? Yeah. I want to just say one thing. 
anybody but Hawkeye. Hawkeye couldn't have helped. Just would have been more help. Well, Black Widow wouldn't have helped either. You know, they're just people. It's true. Uh, So the one thing I will say about the drone thing, I agree with you. Like full, like full stop. I agree. I just, I, I don't care as much about the tech not working. What I, what annoys me is not setting up why the tech worked better. They could have made the tech like we, we are nerdy and go. That's not how those right. work. But all they had to do was a three minute vignette where they explain some life changing, life altering technology beyond what they explained to make it make more sense. Because there's just a bunch of stuff where you're just like, that's not how anything works. Like you just need to right. one leap to go like, oh, by the way, there's this, make it a cool name, fluid dynamic motion control sensor, and it makes it look like waves and that totally works now. All right. Like that's better as opposed to right. they're just drones. No, like just a little right. bit more would have been fine or pick a different technology entirely. That one annoyed me in the movie. I was like, oh, this is stupid. Like, I was yeah. just like you need to give me more than this. That I agree with. But, but it is a fun vacation. All of that said, it's a fun vacation, and I thought I was going to talk about No Way Home. So it's fine. Everything's fine. We're doing good. <laughs> All right. I will move roll us right back along to another movie that is now into technically a vacation. All right. Technically. Fancy West Coast Town Policeman. We're sharing this too. 90210 Bobby, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop, yep. he's on vacation. He's, yeah. he's He happens to do his job while he's on vacation. But, you know, they say that if you truly love your job, no, you're never going to work. Or, or if, what's what's the phrase? Something like something uh, like You'll that. never Every work day. a day in your life. You'll never work a day in your yeah. life if you love what you do. Yeah. So clearly he likes policing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And bananas. I love Axel Foley. This movie's so good. So good. It's a cheat way to get Beverly Hills Cop into a list that it that it may or may not belong on, but it's just a fun movie to talk about. And I was actually looking through notes. We haven't talked about it in quite some time. Yep. Right? Because it's uh, it's it doesn't fit into a lot of categories necessarily. It doesn't, man. And like I honestly would say, so we're sharing this one for sure because this is a top five. Great. I can't I can't move it. I was so proud of myself, and I'm proud of both of us for having it. Like outside of the buddy cop thing. Which, by the way, arguably the best one ever made. Best buddy cop? Like, I think Beverly Hills Cop, when you think about, like, the play between the three of them, which I know buddies usually one-to-one, but, like, it's really, like, I think of Ashton and Reinhold as, like, a person, basically, right? Like, they sort of make up a unit, and then they have to deal with Foley. And I, th- that interaction, I just think is... it. It's one of my favorite on-screen interactions, potentially of all time. I, I think if you look at the two of them as as different, you know, it could have been one character with those lines, which you probably could have pulled off. It'd be probably. an interesting, be an interesting take on that instead of doing the R two D two C three PO thing, right. which which is clearly the hidden fortress thing that I was telling you about the other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, it definitely is it would I then give it best buddy? I don't know. I've still got such a place for Lethal Weapon 2 in my heart that it's That's the it's hard to unseat one. that. It's those two. Like it's 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 Lethal Weapon 2 and it's Beverly Hills Cop 1. Like those two for me are the best. And like I think technically Buddy, because it's one to one, Lethal Weapon 2 probably is the best. But I could make a strong case for why this one needs to be a one B, because it's just it's so brilliant. 
It's great. And it's, again, it's highly quotable. It's got such good memories. I've seen this probably in the past couple of years. Absolutely holds up. A couple oh, of yeah. tiny, tiny ish, iffy moments, but but they're so quick. And, and it's okay if you date the movie. Like That's the other thing. I think it's okay to date content sometimes and be like, yeah, that's what the world was like in 1984 in Beverly yep. Hills. And that's how people talked. And those are the jokes they made. And it's fine, you know? So let me ask you a question. Better Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places? Mm, that's a really good question. That is worthy of longer time than we have. I would need to give that some real thought, but I think I'd have to say Beverly Hills Cop only from the gut instinct that if you were to say to me, name Beverly, name uh, Eddie Murphy's top performance, I would probably have to start by saying Beverly Hills Cop. Because Trading Places, he, she shares half the screen with uh, with Aykroyd brilliantly. I, I think if you were to push even harder, the harder question is which which performance is better. So in other words, forgetting the overall movie and just if you re, if you reduce the on screen time to being par, where do you go there? And that's that's really tough. But it is definitely those two. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely those two. We could probably do a whole episode on that. Actually, maybe we will. Maybe we will. That's great because he's this is like. Just the Eddie Murphy man. This is like all of him. Like the, <laughs> I like. I love this movie so much. <laughs> it's all of him. Now I'm going to ask you of the two. Uh, I don't know. They're they're beyond cam. Actually, three great cameos or or small parts or I think as the rewatchables would say that guys in this movie. Sure. Uh, Jonathan Banks as yep. the enforcer guy. Yep. Paul Reiser as the other cop. Ferrari owner. Detroit. Yep. yep. And Bronson Pinchot as the Bronson gallery Pinchot. guy. Bronson Pinchot. It's Bronson Pinchot, right? Oh, it's Bronson Pinchot. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's his lines. When he does, when he can't get his name right, Aqua, Aqua, Mr. Foley. It's I mean. So, it's just so good. It's so good. Yeah, he steals it. He steals that scene. He steals that scene. Which is not an easy thing to do with with Eddie Murphy anywhere near the camera. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, by the way, and it's a very throwaway scene. But even Damon Wayans, when he's giving him the bananas, yeah, that quick moment that that to me was, by the way, if you go look back on Damon Wayans' stuff, that was the moment I remember seeing that and be like, I want to see more of that guy. And yeah. then he obviously got huge in the late eighties, early nineties, um, and I guess his entire family now owns quite a lot of uh, epic style movies. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, Damon Wayans, I remember his stand-up from the late Ooh. 80s was like killer, dude. That guy was an absolute killer. And he did, like, he kind of disappeared because he did some and he did some movies. He did that he did that horrible movie with um what was the Major one? Major Pain? No, I love Major Pain. I mean, that's a bad movie, but like it's a really bad movie. But as a kid, I thought Major Pain was hysterical. No, what was it? Was it Bulletproof? Was it him and Adam Sandler? Oh yeah, that's right. That's and then right. he did he did the Celtic movie with Rappaport too, also not good. I'm you know what I'm gonna take a note. I want to go do some reading on Mr. Wayans and where where's did, did he just sort of say I'm done and and or did he get pushed out of Hollywood? Did, what what happened there? Let's go find out. Yeah, we should because he out. was great. He was great. So anyway, all right, on to contender pong. Uh, I do have some. You've got a. Couple. I got one more pick. I you got do? one more. Yeah, because we shared twice. And oh, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Pass away, but not soft. Die hard. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, he's on vacation. It's it's good. It's a good joke. It's a great joke. He's 
He's he went to see his wife to or ex or about to be ex or whatever to try to make up. You know, the whole premise. It's the same as Beverly Hills Cop, just different sequence of events. Yeah, I I can't. I didn't have this anywhere, and I didn't think of it. So uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll take that. And we we don't talk about Die Hard all that often. We probably should talk about it slightly more for its place in uh, the pantheon of action movies. Yeah. But the recognition of how many diehards of a thing then went on to become movies yep. is pretty, pretty epic. I mean, you could almost argue that like Tenet is the ultimate evolution of a diehard movie, right? You still have big bad guy plot to try to, you know, do a thing, holding people hostage, got to thwart the plot, just a little timey-wimey version of it, you know? Timey-wimey. I love, first of all, great use of timey-wimey. And I had not thought about Tenet. There, I mean, there's tons of Die Hard on a bus, Die Hard in a plane, Die Hard in a school. I mean, that that's all like, there's all of it. Anything you can think of in a movie, it's like, yeah, there's a Die Hard version of that. Uh, but Tenet's interesting. Yeah, Tenet, I it's, guess. It's not a perfect allegory. It's not like exactly right, but it's, no, it's, it's definitely not. got some tinges of it. But yeah, it's got the essence. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely like the LaCroix. Of it, right? Which is like, this water was once near a strawberry. Like, it's got that kind of deal, for sure. See, I think of it, I think of LaCroix a bit more like LaCroix, by the way, my friend. I know. I'm just going to do that Quebecois on me. Uh, I think of of LaCroix more as if you're drinking a glass of water and someone runs by and yells the name of a fruit. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, exactly right. That's kind of what Tenet is. Like, it's like, you know, oh, I'm watching Tenet. Die Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Die Hard. (laughs) There you go. So, all right, with that, why don't we move on to Pong and you can you can kick that round off. All right, morning after enjoyment. Morning. Hangover. Hangover, yep. Yeah, I have this in Fast Five. I will start with precipitation person. Rain man? Weather man. Rain man. Rain man. Oh, rain man, they go to Vegas. Oh, rain man, that's good. Road Didn't trip. Think of it. Yeah, road trip, that's great. It's a good one. Uh... Going, but not straight. Something bent, something curved, something going, but not straight. Yeah. Going. You could just be not going straight either. Not going Sideways. There it is. Yep. Sideways. Oh, yeah. I guess they're on a little uh, sojourn in the, in the. The whole the thing is them area. leaving and going to a bachelor party for wine country. Right. Right. All right. Go on. All right. Uh, I will give you unclean rhythmic movement. Dirty dancing. Correct. The yeah. whole thing is summer vacation. They're at camp. The whole thing is summer. Is there all at camp? Yeah. I thought about that one, but that movie is just not a big thing for me. It's not really camp technically. I was going to, by the way, and I'll just tell, I was going to put meatballs in this list somewhere too. <laughs> That's, good. Um, That's good. But meatballs is purely a nostalgia pick and the yeah. fact that there's a guy wearing a Habs shirt. So That's fair. Uh, this is not going to be a great <laughs> clue, but people are some people. People are some people. Folks, guys. Humans, men, let's do, women. I'll, let's see if I can change it up a little. People are light beer. Is this where the Millers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I had thought about that, but it's again, I love. I it's one of those movies I love, and I don't remember much about it. It's a road trip. Um, I mean, the entire thing is them yeah. in the Winnebago and the whole thing, so it, it fits. 
Now, it's funny because the one that I didn't put in here as road trip that I thought was cheating was uh, Little Miss Sunshine because I felt that it was less about a road trip and more about like they have like a mission effectively. So I it was in my Fast Five and I took it out for that reason. And that was going to be my wording around it was like it's a destination not a vacation. Like they were just, they just happened to be going somewhere as opposed to the journey being the thing that they wanted to do. Right. Right. Which sort of is the same for Muppet movie in a way, but a little softer. And I don't really care. I want to say the Muppet movie. So, <laughs> tin wheel guy takes PTO. Tin wheel guy. Tin wheel. Guy takes PTO. Ernest goes to jail. No. <laughs> Carnival wheel guy takes. Oh, PTO. Ferris, Ferris, Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah. It's only yeah. one day, but it's a vacation. No, clever. That's a very clever pick. Didn't think of that. That's clever. I like it. It would actually belong way higher on the list, but we talk about it a lot. And I want to talk about some other stuff today. So. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, West of Asia currency expedition. West of Asia. That's. Europe, currency, money, dollars. Wait, say the whole thing again. West of Asia currency expedition. Oh, Eurotrip. Yeah, Eurotrip. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw it. This was this was a sequel to like Road Trip or something, right? Yeah, so Road Trip was like the obvious one, but actually I have a real soft spot for Euro Trip. Like it's just one of those like wheelhouse timing movies for me, I think. Came out in 2004, so I was like right in high school, and it's like it's hysterical. There's a lot it's a lot of bad jokes, but they're just really well done bad jokes. Yeah, whereas for me Road Trip came out and I was already I don't know, must have been mid 20s. And by the and I was like, well, this was really not good. A couple of funny gags. Yeah. And I also didn't like that. I don't know the actor's name. He's sort of a scrawny dude. DJ who did a Qual. bunch of movies around. You know DJ what I'm talking Qual. about, right? Yeah, DJ Qual. He did like, a bunch of movies. Yeah. That yeah. guy. I never liked him that much. So to watch more of him, I was like, nah, I don't need that. It's fair. He's one of those actors that I, I strangely get excited to see when I, when he does stuff. I think it's just a nostalgic thing where I'm like, hey, it's DJ. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I'm not even positive. I'm pretty sure I'm right, though. But like, yeah, like and it's, it's weird. I actually just referenced him like two weeks ago with somebody for like, I don't even know how it was probably Road Trip is probably how it came up. But anyway, yeah, Euro Trip's, Euro Trip's just a better, goofier version. And I really liked it. You know, it, it makes me think of an interesting topic for us potentially. Is like I think this is sort of in that realm of things that are like millennial things. Like you like that guy, uh, he's okay for me. Uh, Dax Shepard, another example. Like I respect Dax Shepard's stuff, but I don't. I like I'm not like oh Dax Shepard's anything. I gotta see it. Whereas for you, he's a draw, right? See, I'm weird with Dax. I think you're right about my generation, but like Idiocracy for me because it's Mike Judge is like like just chef's kiss it's so good and dax is great in that but like other than being married to Kristen bell and being an amazing podcast host just because he's interesting like if he's in a movie i'm like all right fine like Mm. i don't know i I don't find him compelling as an actor with the exception of idiocracy was incredible incredible so so where i was going with this is would it be interesting to have the episode of for example it's the top five actors or actresses performers uh, of the other generations that we don't get. And you could pick like five people that I like because they're in Gen X movies. And you're like, why, why? Like, like Chevy Chase would might be your example, except I don't like him. 
I do. Well, yeah, yeah. As an actor, uh, yeah, we're doing that episode. Well, yeah. That's a great episode. Okay. Yeah. So five. Yeah. Let's just make you know, next week. Is that our pick? No, right I've there? got a surprise for you for next week. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. All right. A couple weeks from now, guys, we'll we'll do that one soon. Um, this is a, a, again stretching the category a little bit, but I had to vagabond place. Vagabond place. Vagabond country. I could give you a few slightly different. A bit, bit closer. I don't know. You haven't seen this yet, I think, unless you've had a chance the past couple of weeks. Nomadland. I have not seen Nomadland yet, but I really want to. She's sort of constantly on vacation, so. It's funny. And the same, this is not, I'm not using this one, but I almost wanted to put Dune in here because I was like, they traveled. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. My last for, for Contender Pong. It's just the longest title ever. I couldn't find a way to do my normal shtick for this. What is that your shtick then? That's the shtick. It's the longest title ever. Is it Borat? Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Bake Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. That was an amazing guess. I am so proud of you right now. That was a great clue. <laughs> you could have just been like, it's just the longest title ever. That was your actual clue. That was my clue. I'm like, I, I couldn't. How do I make five words of any of those things? I was like, forget it. I'm just going to say, he'll know it's the longest title ever. It's the longest title ever. Nice. Uh, this one's a bit of a tricky one. I couldn't figure out a good clue for the first word here, but I got first, last hour, near De Gaulle. Midnight in Paris. Yes. Yeah, so Midnight in Paris I had in my Fast Five. Yeah, this is great. Uh, again, judging the art, not the artist, but this is a gr- one of uh, one of Alan's greatest movies, in, in my opinion. This is up there with Annie Hall, and it's up there with Mighty Aphrodite, which are two of my other favorites of, of his work. So there love you go. it. All right. So fast five, I, I had, we've covered two of them. So I only have three left. And instead of naming them, there's two that I want to give you the five words to really quick, just because it made me laugh. Oh, okay. Consume, reflect, adore. Is that eat, pray, love? Yeah. I've never seen it, but I feel like it should be on this list. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it either, but from all assumptions, probably seems right. Yeah, I just felt like I'd say it so that nobody could come back at us and be like, how did you not say? Cause we haven't seen it, but it's probably there. I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I loved is Untrained Sus Domesticus. Uh, uh, untrained Amateur uh, Rookie. Uh, uh, I don't know what you got. What is that? So this is Wild Hogs. Oh, boy. I, that's the Tim Allen and other yeah, old yeah. dudes, right? So I'm going to, before you tell me how much you hated this movie, because it's bad. I did. I, no, I don't think I saw it. I, I know of it. I don't, or if I did see it, it has zero impact on me, good or bad. So, so Kayla loves this movie. And okay. it's Travolta, not a fan. Allen, mm-hmm. meh, kind of meh. Uh, yeah. Martin Lawrence, who I adore. And Martin yeah. Lawrence in this movie makes me laugh. So hard, like as the black friend, which is totally like not a great shtick to have to do. But like, dude, he's so funny. He <laughs> crushes it in this movie. Uh, and then, wow, his name just escaped me. Uh, William H. Macy. William H. Macy in this movie is hilarious. Ray Liotta in this movie is hilariously Ray Liotta. Like they turned him all the way up to Liotta. Like it's unbelievable. And there's there's moments in this that are very funny. And it's all about a road trip. So anyway, that's it. By the way, I just learned that Ray Liotta was the first choice for Alec Baldwin's part in um, The Departed. Oh, no, sorry. Marky Mark's Park. Marky Mark's Park. Really? Oh, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I don't like that. 
I don't like that. Oh, I, I don't know if I agree. You just think about because remember Ray and Scorsese back in um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get it. It's I a different performance. It's, it's a, a different, different performance. It's a different that I his name was Dunnigan or Dunnigan, whatever. That yeah, that's a different role for sure. With not that it wouldn't work, but I really I actually think that's some of Wahlberg's better work because they're like, hey, be scary and from Boston. Like Yeah. Nailed but it. Maybe it was Baldwin's part. Maybe it was Baldwin's part. Because Baldwin was uh, the no, captain, no. and I would that one I could right. see more. Anyway, my last one for the Fast Five is, is The Holiday. Holiday's a pretty cute movie, and it's all about that. It's a stupid rom-com, but really good acting. Jack Black in like a serious role, and he kind of kills it. All right, I got five Fast Five here. I got um, – do I, I could – no, I'm not going to play with the words. Uh, my Cousin Vinny. Good. Road Trip. Sure. Hangover. Uh, total, total Recall. <laughs> yeah okay yeah sure he, he is going on a virtual vacation he's going on a vacation sure <laughs> beer fest so i had i thought about beer fest because my like my buddies would really want me to have it in here and i just didn't do it because i did it for something recently and i was like oh, i can't do it again i put it here just for you actually and then um <laughs> again someone goes on vacation in this movie and that would be taken so funny, thought about Taken and just didn't put it down. It's great. It's good. I thought, I, I will just drop a couple last ones. I had thought about, but, but I've talked about too many times recently is the Mitchells versus Machines is actually a vacation story. And uh, one that hasn't come up and I just never know where to put it, but uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Did you ever see that? I actually love that movie. And I, I for some reason in my head, I, I had that one, and I was like, Grand Budapest Hotel, both of them kind of, but not really, because it's like, you know, hotel-y things. Um, yeah. there's, one that, there's one that I really thought you'd mention, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't, and I'm wondering if maybe you don't like this movie. The Great Outdoors? Do not like. It's not good. And, I, and, and we put it back on recently, and the kids walked out of the room within half an hour. Okay. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I think I remember on an episode, you and I talking about the fact that that's like not a movie you particularly like. And I don't have no. any affinity for it personally. Like I didn't love it either other than just like loving John Candy. But no. by, by the way, I still have, I had like way other like plane trains and automobiles, one crazy summer, yep. Home Alone. Home Alone should have fit. Yeah. Home Alone, I because it's reverse <laughs> vacation, but I get it. I do get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then another movie I keep talking about, which is The Trip with uh, – uh, Steve Coogan. Oh, yeah. I really want to see that and haven't yet. But that's actually high in my queue because of you. So, all right. Well, Jeremy, look, I am just happy to have you back from vacation uh, next week. I, so this is like actually happening live. I didn't tell you this. I want to do an episode about uh, movies that are in or around or involving Ireland for St. Patty's Day. Oh, I'm blown away by this choice. Yeah. I bet. You're not getting that, are you? No. You're not getting that. There was a mid-90s movie about like a bunch of Irish guys in Boston. I think Boston, but a bunch of Irish. It's like an Irish mafia movie. Oh, really? It's actually not very good, but it's uh, it was like a stand. It was Tommy Lee Jones and your favorite. What's his name? Oh, uh, the Dumb and Dumber guy. You love him. Um, oh, Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Oh, but I it's love not a good movie. It's, No, I've never even the, heard of that, and I love both those guys, so it has to be pretty bad. I mean, it's not pretty bad. It just wouldn't make any list other than if I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm now actually out of movies about Irish people. It would then be, be on the list. Well, I was thinking about this. So actually a listener and a friend, Justin, uh, had mentioned this, who is uh, from Cork County, Ireland. And he was like, hey, are you doing anything for St. Paddy's Day? And I was like, oh, you know what? We haven't done that. And there is so much 
I mean, we just mentioned a, a movie like that clearly fits the, the bill. So, the, I mean, yeah. there's so much like Irish American stuff to put to pick from that. Like when he mentioned it, I immediately went through my Rolodex and went like, oh, there's like 20. Yeah. OK, this this is a list that can be made for sure. What's the over under on the use of the word potatoes next week? Oh, it's a lot of potatoes. Lots of potatoes. So many potatoes. We'll see you next week. On the I'll get it right.